Hey, and welcome back to Transbox. And um, it's been an interesting week. And with me to discuss it is my colleague in crime, the very loved Jen. How are you doing, Muddux? I'm not too bad, Doc. Um, I'm okay. Hello, everyone. Um, hello, Jill. Uh, yeah, not too bad considering, but um, yes, so certainly as, t- as typical for trans people in the UK at the moment, the news hasn't been particularly great for a couple of days and and so forth. So yeah, I'm okay. Um, not as um, maybe uh, as positive as was last week, but I shall try my best. So, well, this week has been um, <coughs> a conservative and unionist I was going to say, I was trying to get a nice mnemonic there with an N and a T, but I couldn't get to get there. I, I ran out on the end. I'm having a very funny brain foggy day. But I think um, I think it was interesting. It's been a fascinating week for trans people because we have become the only thing that I've got to talk about other than taxing meat and other spurious non-essential things to distract from 13 years of fraud, corruption, crime, self-interest. Oh my goodness! And to think Jill, I used Jill, to be a Tory. I'm, the, I'm supposed to be the leftist uh, <laughs> firebrand of the two of us. What's happening? Um, yeah, I mean, just I mean, I'm sure a lot of you have uh, um, have heard the news that the health secretary decided to announce, of all the priorities that the NHS needs at the moment, that he wants to consult on whether trans women should be allowed to to be on single sex women's wards. Um, you know, out of the, you know, so I don't think anybody, I didn't, it hadn't been, hadn't been leaked, so it was sort of out of the blue. But on the other hand, sort of slightly not surprising the way the Conservative Party have clearly decided to weaponize trans rights as an issue, exactly the same way, just a little bit less, um, I guess, than the Republicans in, in, in the US. But they've clearly decided um, this is something they want. So yeah, so that's my understanding. It was announced that he wants to do a consultation on proposals to somehow didn't quite spell the word. I don't know how it practically do this either, but um, potentially exclude any particularly reference trans women on women's wards. But obviously, yeah, it affects the whole of the community. Um, and you know, this is. I mean, it's dog whistle politics. It's trying to whether you know whether they really care about this or not is not the point. The fact is, they see that there's votes and saying things like this, and all it does is demonising us as more. And all it does is paints in the, in the pictures in the minds of people who don't know trans people that somehow we're not to be safe. You know, we're not. We're somehow it's not safe for for us to be in single sex spaces and stuff. And it is absolutely crazy yeah. you know but it's so damaging i mean it had me you know oh god you know i you know you just you, you, hit, you take hit after hit after hit at the moment and i i'm feeling pretty battered to be honest at the moment i feel like we've been, we've gone from fighting to have a gender recognition act that respects us even more to make progress we've gone from that and we virtually just about won that in public opinion in consultation we won that argument to a situation now, not only has that been scrapped, but they're coming after every part of our lives to yeah. try and other us, to try and make us separate us from everybody else, to paint us as, as dangerous or something. I don't know. So you can't help but feeling beaten a little bit at the moment. 
I certainly am. You know, I'd... well, it's it's been fascinating and and rounded off by the very motivational speech by little Dishy Rishi today and his proclamations of men are men, women are women, and proper families, one man, one woman. Um, and I'm I'm sort of minded about the I, oh yeah, it's um it's it's a it's a real Bobby Dazzler of a speech, you know, just and and you just got to listen to it. And you just have to think, who are these people talking to? Because it's interesting. I had a conversation with two or three people in this yesterday. No one's talking about it. No one's interested. No one's thinking it's about it. You know, there's pay, there's rostering, there's all these sorts of problems. So what's going on? So there's some quite interesting thoughts around. Well, the first thing is the dead cat theory, isn't it? If you, if you uh, are doing something foul and corrupt in one direction, if your record stinks, if you're polluting all the rivers, if you're being corrupt, if you're letting Michelle Nunn dance around on a yacht with loads of PPE, in fact, if you close down all the PPE investigations because your mates might get hurt, what do you do? You find a, a nice, easy, common enemy. And what they do is, they're brilliant because they dress it up as about, this is protecting women and children's rights. Now, this is the interesting thing, because we know, I can't remember the number, but is it around 50 sexual offences have been committed against women by MPs? Something oh, like yeah. that. Now, here's the thought. If you want to stop sexual offences with women, you need to start with the MPs. You need to start in their workplace. But, of course, what they're doing is they're deflecting from the issue. And, and, they're, and they're doing that classic thing, the same as with the small boats. If you change the, the law because you can weaponize trans and brown people and black people, then you've changed the law for everybody, which allows you to gain power, maintain power, retain power, and exploit power. And that's it. That's the job. And we are simply the tool. And the good thing is that actually what will happen here is, as with everything, the vast majority of people don't give a toss. The people that have hated us will always hate us. And you know what? The people that have time for us will actually have more time for us now. What I see fascinating is the sort of the lesbian gay communities coming together a little bit more and saying, actually, we need to protect people who are trans because once they're destroyed, it'll be them next. They're already well, talking about that. rolling trans, uh, lesbian gay rights back. They're already talking about changing same-sex marriages. They're already talking about... It's all just religious claptrap to distract from the real thing in town. I, I mean, I, I agree with you to, to an extent. I don't think this is distraction. I think this is because we know that this was... Um, you know, we had reports of some years ago now that the Tory party had war-gamed um, with the think tanks, that this was an issue that they wanted to be part of that campaign, to differentiate themselves from the, the opposition. It is something they felt there was votes in. And I think that is purely what this is, because you can't analyse it, as you said, sexual assaults of MPs. As you said, any measure, there isn't any evidence of any problems anywhere in the NHS of there being trans, you know, of, of trans women being on women's wards, trans men being on men's wards, non-binary. There's no evidence of this. And in fact, you know, it's, it's just creating problems, trying to reorganize things, you know. Um, so there's no evidence. So it's in some respects, it's a, a, a pretty wasteful, pointless exercise trying to rationalize. Other than from where I sit is they think this is there's votes in this. That's what worries me because that's not come out of nowhere. You've seen um, attitude, there's an attitude survey, you gov. I know these are surveys that can show that how um, the public's opinion of trans people has slipped to where it's become almost 50-50, where 
where that was nowhere near the case sort of seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Um, people were overwhelmingly positive. And that's understandable because you've had a relentless attack by the media. The, you know, the, it's been that inevitable circle of the media have stoked up hatred, you know, come from the stuff that you hear coming from everything. Stoked up hatred of scaremongering and aided by Maya Forstater, aided by JK Rowling, aided by LGB Alliance and all this stuff have been constant demonizer trans people. Then, then of course, people who don't know us go, oh, well, there must be something in this. This is all I'm hearing. And then the politicians go, actually, yeah, people don't seem to like this. That's all. We can start get up there and say men are men, women are women, and sex is mutable, and all those dog whistle points about sort of less than 1% of the population. We can get up there because of votes. And this is purely because I, I in, in a sense of party political, I can't get away from the fact it was Theresa May's Tory government. Theresa May wasn't centrist who wanted to improve things for trans people. And it was almost granted, and it was just, they got cold feet because of the press at the time, because the campaign against us was successful. That's what I struggle with, because that's where I feel, because I was part of the campaign to improve that through me work with trade unions, and we lost that, because we lost the Improvement to the Gender Recognition Act that was a given almost. There was 78% of the people were in favour of it. We, We were there. Yeah. And we lost we, it. The kitchen in long grass. Government's changed, so it isn't. A, it, I don't think it is a a tour. You know, because uh, Theresa May says I'm, you know, had some Holbrook as Home Secretary. I think it is purely a cynical approach of we think this is where votes is, and the problem is it begats each other. So that will begat more hatred in the press, more negative articles. Public will be more negative. Um, and it'll take some time for that ever to be turned around. Well, you what see, I worry about. I, I, I sort of, again, you half agree with me, I half agree with you. Um, <laughs> but the issue here is that there's a big, um, there's a big uh, playbook, which is uh, centre-right, right-wing populist politics, right across Europe, in America, different places, India, all sorts of places, which are using trans people as an excuse. So it's not just about votes. It is a, a faux moral outrage, which is used to deflect from the real argument. Now, what's what's fascinating is I've talked to people who've never heard of the trans debate. Uh, a couple no. of our friends, a couple of our friends who are in there, who are prime Tory members, the prime age, the prime demographic, and they're saying, "What's all this fuss about? Trans people are nothing to worry about." And you know the. And, and and it comes back to that understanding that trans people are not necessarily the people who are out there abusing people. That we're just we're just the community. In the 1930s, it was Jewish people. Simple as that. And it's the same playbook. You find a marginalized community. It was the Jews, it was the gypsies, it was the blacks, it was the mentally insane. It was all those people in the 30s yeah. who were, and it was part of eugenics, it was part of a religious sort of type thing. And, and that was the way that the, the, the Germans could gain public by changing the law to allow them to make sweeping play, changes for themselves. It's the same playbook. It is exactly the same playbook. It's not just about votes, because it's pretty clear that Tories aren't going to be in power the next time round. So it's a longer game they're playing. Oh, I, long- I, think, I, think, I, I, I get I, I'm, I'm really hopeful they're not. I mean, it's been of a piece with a lot of other policies, sort of, 
you know, in terms of anti-green policies. It's all of a piece. They've oh. decided they're not going to be able to have any chance. So the best chance of them all is move to the right to play to the to what the newspapers are saying. To you know, so that there's been a piece of a lot of things. So it doesn't surprise me this. Um, They've lost the red wall today with the announcement on HS2. So if they think well, they're going to have the red wall, they're, they're trying to destroy the Liberal Democrats down in the south by appealing to yeah. the blue wall, aren't they? there's all sorts of politics the, the, the thing is though and you're absolutely right they're also attacking immigrants it's the boats it's very very much simplistic politics um i i don't think it's coming in a sense i the problem in the uk isn't i think to paint it as, as religious in that same way is different because the, it is also from all areas and this is the problem in the uk it's been part of the establishment and part of the you know the the turf movement and which aren't from you know coming from religious position and even the labor party has come to it so it's not, not i don't believe not, it's not, driven like not, america yeah well exactly not so much in this country but it's driven differently in different parts of europe of and america and around the world i think we're just slow to, we're just later to the game this uh, this policy is in europe has been in europe for the last 10 years and longer in america the British are just catching up because we don't have a religious context to this. No, but we, you know we're not. I mean, religious nation, more religious nations, I guess, than us, like Spain, have passed really progressive laws. So I don't. Look, you know, look at the rise. Look at the rise of the populists in Spain, and are now anti. Of course, but they managed to pass. They've managed to pass progressive trans laws, and and that's happening elsewhere. You're right. There is a. There is a. There is a pushback. You know, and I think I think the pushback. You know, has. Um, has been long planned. And in this country, you know, when we passed equal marriage in 2015, was it? Um, yeah, it, was. Yeah. it was 2015. You know, we were ranked by the, you know, an organization called ILGA, International Lesbian and Gay Association, mm. um, as the most progressive, you know, with the best LGBT plus rights um, in Europe. We were ranked first. The UK is now ranked 14th. So that, that our decline has been over and above anything else in Europe. We've gone from the best, most progressive country to one to right near the bottom, and it's mm. they they cite it as solely towards the transphobia within the UK, which mm. just come from established media and the, the damage that the press have done on this in oh, stoking yeah. this up is immeasurable. Other countries don't have the press with the same, I guess, level of influence that we've always had. I think um, so, so, so. It's social social media is the problem. You see, I think I think you're right. I think Murdoch's had a, a massive effect on this, but it's the uh, Joe Howard. I remember describing this that the, the way you get attention is to be radical and extreme, and that's what's been driving our politics since COVID. We've become amazingly insular. We only look at ourselves, and you know, there's a there's a seismic shift going on in politics generally because the sort of liberal elite or the liberal liberal multiculturalism hasn't delivered results, and so what's happening is very easy for populists just to pick any issue. And I mean, they're doing this thing now, aren't they, in the Tory party? It's fascinating whether they say things like, and of course the Labour Party are going to tell you, um, they're going to dictate to you whether, how far you can travel to go to the supermarket. And so they're just, and so everything is now post-truth, and including, including us, which is part of it. You know, it's going to be, um, everybody's going to have to drive at 20 miles an hour, and that's terrible for the motorist. Every, it's just, it's yeah, just of a succession of lies. And the people that want the people, you know, it's that class of thing of, you know, spreading the spreading the um, what's it called the my goodness, I've got brain fog today. Um, what's that stuff you spread <laughs> the seed or something? Not, you know, when you plough the land. Like, anyway, 
the people who want scenes. to listen to it, that's the one. The people that want to listen to it will listen to it and get worse. And the vast majority in the middle won't care. And the people at the other end will get better, is my hope. Oh, I think, I, think, I mean, I'm, I'm still positive if you look longer term that things will improve because younger people and, and so forth. And, and you know, the, the fact that the, the world is opened up through the internet, that it means countries can't, you know, the small nation idea of we do things this, this way here will change, you know. So you, 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 I definitely think, that I, I just fear for the next sort of decade or so that yeah. things are going to get going to get worse. And uh, um, I, I, I don't know. I don't see, I don't believe for a moment Rishi Sumat cares a jot, for instance, no, about not. trans women. None of, of it matters. You don't have any principles. I can see another world, another situation where the politics is slightly different, where the Tory party could have been passed the generation act to be, could be positive. They're just going where they feel they've got a chance of clinging on to power. That's all that's a, about. They're following an agenda. Yeah. They're following a playbook, honestly. They really are. Yeah, and, that, and that, that's right. And that, yeah, but that's the playbook's in this direction. It could easily have been different. As I said, you know, it was a Tory party that introduced equal marriage. It was a Tory party, okay, with Labour votes, ultimately, but it was a, gov a government of Conservatives that did that, and a government that proposed to improve um, the gen I'm not, I'm no fan of the Conservative governments and haven't been <laughs> for all my life, but I have to say that that is the case. So I think this, to me, is just so cynical of, of, a, of an approach, so they can see, and there isn't enough of us, and there aren't enough people speaking up who aren't part of our community to help us because we're so small as a community with a little power. We don't have our voices on the television. We don't have people in power to speak for us. And so, you know, that's what we need. We need a movement of allies speaking up. I'm hopeful. This issue about the NHS, I don't believe, I mean, certainly trust our work. I, I haven't spoken to them yet, but, and all the people I work see in the NHS see this as a, this is not an issue that there's concerns them in the slightest. And we'll, we'll, if you introduce something, we'll only seek to make things more difficult. If they've got, got to start building separate side rooms for people because yeah, they've exactly. got to, they don't want to do that. Nobody's doing that. Nobody's seen a, anything of that. So it, my hope is that if there is any, if it actually, it may not even happen, but if they do consult on on this is that it gets a strong pushback from the NHS of saying this is just not a priority. This is just not an issue. It's not just a property. It's not an issue. There is no issue. The only issue is treating people with dignity. And that's what we want to do. You know, particularly if you look at um, patient mental health wards and stuff, you know, you're really going to separate trans people away from the, the population in that respect. And what's that do to people's mental health when they're struggling, you know? Um, I don't I believe the people I've spoken to, uh, you know, and work with, that anybody would be, any great, any number of people would be in favour of these proposals. No. Really, really don't. And so we come into this, they come into the, what can one do? And we'll come to that in a minute. But, you know, we know there's a consistent attack on the, the national institutions in this country. The justice, the police are completely hamstrung. And, and when they, you know, when they get past the police, you're into the justice system, which is completely hamstrung. The National Health Service is all over the shop. The um, local government's all over the shop. The um, civil service has been polluted. I mean, they're, they're, do, they're following the playbook. They're following the playbook of America. And, you know, this is what's happening. And the, and the thing for us to do, we've got two, two choices. You stand up and fight, get noticed, and really get battered, or you actually start to turn to each other, go underground, and actually start to protect and look look after each other. Because 
for too long, I think, our community, this is not a cause of it, but too long we spend too much time arguing with each other. instead. Of, and I've said this a few times on the podcast, we should stop arguing with each other and notice the common enemy. And the common enemy is right in front of us now. And there's still trans people arguing with each other. It's time to look after each other, create safe spaces for each other, help people with self-care, their mental health. They've got to, they've got to, you know, we've got to join together as a, as a force. And there aren't many of us. Therefore, we have to work at it even oh, harder. Oh, I don't think we, we, we need to be united. I mean, I, I maybe it's where I'm I don't see a great deal of, of that division. I mean, where I work with, with people I work with who, you know, trans through Unison's Trans Caucus. There's absolute unanimity about position and through the trade union movement. My union has a very clear policy. There's no, and I don't see that, to be honest. You're always going to get people who, you know, who have different views and within the community, you always get that. And I, but I don't think that penetrates much outside the community, other than when you've got people like, uh, so there are people like Debbie Hayton who write, has written in the Times and stuff, who's who's a trans woman that doesn't regard herself as trans or says they're a transsexual, doesn't believe in uh, her trans rights. So there are people within the community that will, the media will go and speak to. Um, if you, but if you look, I don't, if you that's look, few and few and far between. I don't think yeah. we should be quiet. Personally, I think yeah. we need to be. We need to because we will. We will get. I think we've got to be very careful. We we don't want to be cowed by this. Um, I don't believe, but I think it's time for the the practical pra, pra, um, pragmatist people to stand up. You know, I see debates on television where someone asks a question of a trans person. And they ask a legitimate question because the question's fair enough. It's, a, it's an open question, asking someone to explain something. And that person treats a question as hate speech. And what we've done is got ourselves into a situation. And I know we're embattled and we're, we've been punched down all the time. But you've got to engage in the debate in a meaningful and proactive manner as adults. And the problem is that you can't say if someone asks you a decent question, that's hate speech. It just isn't. And well, we I, wouldn't, get, I wouldn't respond to that. that. I can't speak for the... But I mean, see, I'm sure it does, and I'm sure it does. It but does. also, look there are points that I will not. There, there are points that I will, I will not give space to debate on. Um, so you know that you know I, I I get your point on that, and it's about persuading people. Yeah. And yes, it's no good just saying you know, I, and I don't. That isn't been my approach. But ultimately, there are also elements I will not debate on, uh, because once you give ground on that, you're giving ground on the on principles. Once you decide that we are another. We aren't, we aren't men, we aren't women. My view, once you cross that, then we are othered, we are different. Now that's where we may, may differ, but I think strong, strongly that, that those principles need to, uh, are important because once we give that ground, then, then we are seen as, um, uh, as others. And, um, but I, I take your point to how you, you approach that, how you respond to that. I, I do when I do love a training. I do say to people, "Look, I'm happy to be challenged if anything." I say, "You think uh, you don't agree? As long as you approach it in a polite, you know, in a respectful manner, I, I, I'll listen to you know, and we'll, we'll talk." I mean, I, I encourage that when I'm speaking to groups. Um, so I do, and I do get some occasionally. I do get some you know, occasional challenge if something somebody's read in the press or something. I, I I agree with you on that on that basis. The problem is, we are expected. At the moment, if, if you have, if I've seen this in loads of activists, if you're invited on the BBC to discuss a trans subject um, or transphobia, they want to have a transphobe on the on the next to you. Of it's course. like saying, uh, you know, uh, that's but not that's surprise. not, of course, 
but that's not a okay, of course because that doesn't apply you don't go well there's a story about racism or we'll have we'll have a you know a black person uh, respond to that but we need to have a racist in the room as well but they do and, it, and, and, and they don't but that's don't exactly do that. what does happen it's the same with the climate change argument they've only just changed the rules on that no, we had people well they've we changed people, the rules on that yeah yeah they've only just changed the rules on that and, well, and that is, a that's year equivalent. or so ago that they've stopped doing that. Yeah, they they did start doing that, but for trans, but it, but no, for trans people, it is seen that there's always two sides of it. So uh, that is not the case with all, other matters of equality. We are treated differently, absolutely. And you're right. You know, climate change. You know, the BBC have decided, for instance, there is no counter argument that's credible. So you know, we're not going to do that. Um, but they do. So I know lots of people have been approached who won't go on. I'm not going to go on and be shouted at by, you know, Graham Lennon, you know, and be demonised in that way. So a lot of people who would be good people to speak for us won't go on the television now because of what they're expected to do, right? And I think that's the problem. It wasn't the case previously. And I think there's lots of I, other people who will stand up and do it. And and I wear I accept the fact that a lot of people have been worn out. Um, but there are other people who can do that. There are other arguments. There are other ways of addressing this. And I know a lot of people who now won't because, you know, they'll say, I'm not going to go on with that person. I'm not going to go on, you know, with somebody who clearly um, hates who I am. Why do, would you put yourself through that? But that's a feature of life. I mean, you know, that 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 is a part of life there are people who hate other people of life there's a part, huge part of the religious community that hate everybody there are huge massive differences in the yeah, world but... and it's you have to find a way through that you don't do it by either you shout and screaming at each other or saying oh i refuse to debate the thing is what what we have in law is going to constantly evolve and it's how we how we navigate the next period of time is going to be vital for us but we won't do it by a not turning up to arguments or shrieking and yelling and and hollering and throw you know putting God's God knows what through people's letterboxes. That's not going to work either. But that's not. The, but I don't know where the stories come from. I've seen none of that, and I don't I've see seen, that from the community. That's the I've, that's the J.K. Rowling thing about what's coming through her letterbox. Well, I don't know about J.K. Rowling and what's happening with J.K. Rowling and those details. Um, the community that I'm involved in that, that has been campaigning for trans rights, not, none of that, you know. But um, and of course we don't defend that, you know, hateful behaviour like that. But you know, I'm not, you know. Also, you've got to, people got to understand how battered everybody is, and, the, and the, those people that, you know, those good voices that we could start to see on news discussion programmes are having to go on and defend the validity in front of somebody that hates them. That's, yeah. you know, are you prepared to do that? And I don't think that is, that isn't part of everyday life because that's not what happens to me in any, any circumstance. You if, know, you work, if, you, if you work in other parts of the country, in other parts of this world, and you were, and you send your, your just to say again, they hate you. In other parts um, of the world, but not, not where I live, not in the UK, in no. the main. But we're part of a global society. Where And what happens in this world is we respect people's rights. So if you respect people's rights, then they have the right to hate you. Um, They've got no well, right I, to do anything, but everybody is entitled to their view. You, and, and if, if well, I have a view well, that my rights should be entitled, then I have to entitle other people's rights as well. Yeah, this, is the, the pro the, this is the problem. We've, we've sort of, we sort of lost this idea that we can't have the debate. You know, it's, it's, it's. I think we can. I, I think we can have debates, but there are 
there, there are there is a danger that the debate moves that you give up rights in having that debate. We've lost the rights anyway. The point the point I'm making is if we if we don't argue these things in a in a in a in a um in an acceptable way, they'll just be taken away. But we're doing that, and it's, but the our voices. But you just told me that people aren't going on and, and arguing because they're, they're getting shouted at. Because they've got to learn how to deal with that. No, 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 and this is not something I've not been, been asked. But I know a lot of people have said, "Look, they're not going to go on because of what you're setting this up as." You know, um, and I think that well, put yourself you'll forward. go on. You know, um, I don't know. I wouldn't share. I wouldn't share a. There's plenty of people I would not share a debating room with to debate my validity. I would not. And I'm used to arguing debating. And I'm not debating with somebody that I would not do that. So, yes, there are, you know, if it is a proper debate about on those terms, but it's not. And, and you know, and I'm not the only person. I don't think at the moment that discourse is at all reasonable. And, and you know, and asking. So I, 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 take, I agree with your point that, you know, we do have to make a Sadly, we seem to have to make a case. We didn't have to make it seven years yeah. ago. We do. But, that's part of, but that's part of any political discourse. You take steps forward, and you get knocked back, and you take steps forward. And what what we can't do is say we've had we've had it, and now we're going to cry because it's under threat. What we have to do is we have to align with people that have power, and hopefully the Labour Party will do that if they get in. But we have to recognise there's a huge community of people out there who who want to weaponise our existence. Now, what do you do? You have, we make the you case. have to. I, I mean, you I spent, have to engage. I've spent years you doing. have to engage with them. Exactly. And I, and I, and I, Const- I do that. constantly, constantly. I, I do that, but I don't. You know, you're expecting a lot of uh, this. We're the smallest community. You know, in the LGBT. You know, we're a small community, and uh, we are not given a fair voice at the moment. Now, how we change that, I don't know. Um, politically, the Labour Party have. Already, the Labour Party, the current leadership, have already nailed their colours, right? Yeah. We're not going to get any support from them. Um, so politically, that's where we're in a hole. That was, you know, that wasn't a case um, under the previous leader, um, who had been positive about changing things. Look, the previous leader got a lot of faults, but that's where we are. So um, I, I don't so, think. So, so here's the thought. So here's the thought. So. So you, you accept in any um, negotiating situation, you know this, you in ace negotiator, you accept there are people who will never change the view, and you accept the people who may ch- who who are have the capacity to change the view. It's the Labour Party, the Liberal Democrats, we have to be working with, and they're the people oh, yeah. going into power. So, and that's the hopeful bit. The fact that we, if we are not engaging with the Labour Party sufficiently, or we're not accepting that the Labour Party are taking a position to avoid them having to spend the next. 18 months being asked what is a woman i'm okay with as long as actually we can keep that debate open i mean there is enough there is enough power and there's enough intellectual well, I mean, horsepower I, I, and I, I, morals I, and the labor party to actually to answer that question once they're in power people like andrew rayner lisa nandy all those people yvette cooper these are really strong people who are not going to allow that situation to continue i, I mean i um i i can't support the court i, I understand that I can't support the the response, oh, we don't want to come down on the side because we don't have to answer that question. Simple enough. If you take a position, you can answer that question. And that, that debate could be put to bed pretty soon, you know, to be honest. But they've chosen not to for whatever reason. And there are people in the party who are completely anti-trans for a number uh, of MPs of in the party. There are some that are brilliant, and I've had some great support of one or two of them I've known. Um, and I 
have been campaigning within the party as part of LGBT plus Labour. And I continue to campaign and I want a new government. And I yes, I'd like to be hopeful. But I, I do think it's fair. I don't think it's unreasonable for us to be to feeling. I take your point about, look, ultimately, we're going to move. We've got to try and make some progress. And I'm having a couple of tough couple of days on this, right? Because I'm feeling beaten on this. Um, I'll get over it. I'll move beyond that. But right now, you know, I'm tired to death of reading stuff that every single one is painting me as some sort of danger to people. Mm. That's that's the only subtext of that article. In some way, I'm not safe to be around. Is what that article said. Um, what that what the health secretary said, and what the subsequent articles have said. And so, you know, I, how how am I supposed to easily just brush that off? You, I mean, there are better people. That, there are people that cope better than I do. But I'm I'm not atypical, and there'll be other people like me who are struggling with this, and there'll be other people who are I think scared. We all are. Yeah. about transitioning because of what they're seeing yeah so you know i i mean i've been thinking about how to respond to this part of it i'm thinking well this is just noise at a conference you know um yeah. and that's true. might not even happen they you know there's other things they've they've threatened like uh in schools and things that just haven't happened yeah. exactly. because actually they don't really care about doing it all they care about is making a, a few headline points yeah yeah so there's part of me that says we've got to be careful we don't give it more oxygen publicity it needs because actually a lot of people won't even notice it or have even know, noticed it so it's a difficult balance but i think it's useful it's good for me today and that's why i'm glad I the podcast. we're doing a pod today is to to have a bit of an event because you know it's hurting us you know um you know it hurts every time you read that you know you want you find yourself not wanting to read the news or not wanting to well it's i wasn't toxic. watching the news but i turned the label, my home pages the bbc website and then headline trans people may be banned from single sex wards trans yeah. women maybe banned. was the headline how on earth you know how on earth i'm not supposed to go blimey you know mm-hmm. so um you're Better right not get ill yeah i don't even know what it means for staff who are trans as well either but you know yeah. um but that's the point that's the whole point about inclusion in the nhs is what it means is trans people won't go to the doctors, they won't go to the hospital, they won't yeah. with for fear of being humiliated or feel of being treated in that way, and they'll get more poorly and they'll have poor. That's happening now is trans people don't access healthcare when they should. Yeah. And so it has real outcomes. And the NHS but, knows that. And and, and that's interesting because the, the work that I'm talking about today is is all about that. It's all about access and inclusion and how can the NHS be the thing is. What's fascinating, and I find this fascinating about the NHS is, you know, when I work, you, you do training, I do training as well. One of my key things is the least important thing about me is the fact I'm trans. If I'm mm-hmm. coming and presenting and I have a, a rapid arrhythmic heartbeat and I've got a pain in my arm and I'm sweating, I don't really care whether you're going to use the right pronouns. I want you to stop me having a heart attack. And I think, And I think we have to get a balance here between what's really important at various times of our life. Now, if I'm fine, I'm coming in and, you know, I'd rather put someone call me a, a she or a her, that'd be really lovely, But and I'd rather people call me my name and all that sort of stuff. If you're not going to, you're not going to, and if you are, that's fine. There's a legal right to have it at work. But And I think the vast majority of people in the NHS just see people as patients, so they just bring them in and just treat them. And 
the noise then the problem is that there's what's happened is and what the Tories have tapped into is the sort of the perceived noise around the subject the perceived um well it's on the website you know we we have to take off references to women and cervixes and such like now even, most of that probably won't even be true but the fact is there's none of it's of true out there. of course it's not it's no, like it's the the person that identifies as a cat or whatever that stupid story none of it's is true. none of it's true but the whole point is it's an interesting narrative. It's an interesting narrative. No, but we um, have to we have to not engage with nonsense like that. I take your point. Well, there are, there this are is times... where fact this is where fact comes in. And the facts are when you're talk, talking to the NHS that I could see, they treat you as a patient, and actually the vast majority of people that you deal with either don't care or they're quite happy to care for you because actually their job is to care. And that's well, why they, do, they, the they, they, they do care, but but I, I take your point that there's if you were if a man heart attack, it may be the most important thing. But it is important the staff always respect the patient and try and get pronouns right and names right because that's about treatment with the patient. So as long as people are trying, if people make mistakes, that's another matter. Correct. I was exactly. I was, well, nobody's arguing with that. Nobody argues yeah. with that. We no. we are violently agreeing at this point. Nobody argues with that. But when I was an inpatient in a community hospital, when I broke my leg, for I was in there for a long time because I live in a house full of stairs and they couldn't let me come home. I was misgendered because I was I, I wasn't in a, a sad room, but that was because I needed a bigger bed. <laughs> so I had a, a bigger bed um, and I was misgendered um, when two nurses came in and they had to lift me and stuff. And it upset and, it, and then you feel vulnerable as a patient. I didn't complain because I I thought they wouldn't want to come in and see me, but it upset me. I used to pull, end up pulling my covers over and having a cry, you know, because I wanted to, you know, I was how, trying to hold on to my identity, which is really difficult as an impatient. So these things are important to try and get them right nobody's gonna as I, as we said nobody if people make mistakes nobody's gonna you know have a problem people make mistakes as long as they apologize but these things you're right there's other priorities when you have an heart attack but other if we if we go oh it's okay it doesn't matter there then it doesn't matter anywhere then you know then we start to slip and it doesn't really matter and then yeah, but you got, know but you've got a situation you've got a situation a lot because a lot of people when they talk to us about training they talk about i don't know what to say i'm terrified of saying the wrong things the repercussions of saying the wrong things are this that and the other you know there's a perceived there's a perceived militancy i'm not blaming our you know our, our community because of course we've been under threat and challenge for a long long time but it's what we have to do now is we have to change because we can't continue the same way and expect this, you know, we can't continue doing the same thing and expect a different result. I, I, we as a community I, I, have got to change. I, I don't I, I, I don't think there's perceived militancy. I mean, I talk about this when I train and I'm doing a session with some students. It's a natural reaction if you get things wrong and upset somebody not to want to do it again. You know, people don't like upsetting people. So, uh, and if people make mistakes and misgender, I've misgendered people and I've apologised when yeah, I've done it. Me too. It happens. But what uh, I urge when I'm speaking to the students, I'll be doing a session for nursing students um, um, in, in, a, in a month's time. Is you need as part of, you need to work against that. You don't need that to be a barrier as long as you're you know. So nobody's going to be in trouble from getting things wrong by accident but um it is important that it's respected you know because they become barriers and people i, I tell you a point about me i don't get what this militancy is people don't you know it isn't that but the thin end of that is if you don't take it seriously and emphasize how important it is to get it right at all times even if the person isn't in the room then that that begats somebody you know that cases come across where people refuse to respect the patient or refuse or say it's not important so I, that's see, where i think we disagree i do think it's important that 
every effort is made to respect people's names, respect people's language and pronouns, to treat people, every effort is made. It's, if we slip up, that's fine, but we need to make the effort. So that's where I disagree, I think, it needs to be taken seriously because so, it becomes a barrier. I mean, clearly, clearly, I mean, we are violently agreeing a lot of, a lot of these things. We're just, we <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're sort of around the edges, the difference. So for me, you know, I have listened to this debate about pronouns for a long time, and I have been fascinated that we are in danger of being wiped out legally, and yet the thing we focus on is pronouns. And I think this is part of the problem. And, and I get your position, which is if we, if, we, if we surrender that, you know, we get pushed back, and, and then everything else gets pushed back. But my view is if you're not looking at the big issues, sometimes you have to, you know, someone gets my pronouns wrong. Right, right, right. Someone gets my pronouns wrong. Do you know what? There you go. I mean, okay. I just, think, I just, get... I just think, that, I just think the vast what majority if, what, of what people. If what are happens to? What if it happens ignorance. to me? Like it happened to me in front of a room full of people sure. reporting back. A room full of colleagues that I misgendered in front of everybody. Immediately, others me immediately asked me. I get the point. People misgender me by accident. It happens to me now. I, I brush that off, it goes, right? But, you know, there are occasions, because the thing is, yes, they're tiny words and it's not the biggest thing. And you're right, there's lots of big issues you need to resolve, healthcare, other things, right? But it's the one bit of language that defines us in what we do every in with. Our gender is defined by our relationship with society and our society's relationship with us. And that is codified by the language and the gendered pronouns. So immediately, if I'm misgendered in front of people, it immediately puts me outside as an as, an, as another. It you know immediately, or or I've been dead named as well. Immediately does that, and it is you know it has an impact. Some people cope with it better than others. Some people are able to brush it off. Some doesn't. Yeah. But for me, when that happens, for me to go well, there are bigger issues. You know. I mean, it doesn't happen very much now with me, but it has happened. It's happened in a room full of room full of people, and it's humiliating in front of fifty people when somebody identifies you um, and uh, uh, as being different in that way. So, so this, is, so this is interesting. Take. So, I've had two experiences this week, which you might find fascinating or not. Um, the first was that in a room and uh, a large bit of training quite a lot of people someone just asked me but surely you're just a bloke and a frog yeah that's pretty horrid yeah so what do, what do you do so so you can start well, I, I mean give it no, that was rhetorical hang a sec <laughs> so one of the, one of the choices is you can have a, a hissy fit you can storm off you can do that sort of stuff or you can engage with that person and say and, and have a debate with them at the end of it they turn around and apologize because they said i didn't know and and i think You've got to win the argument, sometimes one person by another. Here's the other thing. Someone has discovered my previous identity, and I've lost a contract this week because of my transness. Now, there you go. See? And, and it's, you know, what, what are my choices? What, are, what, do, you, what do you do? You've, you've, got to, you've got to figure out your resilience and how you cope in this world. And, and yeah, bloody hell, I'm frustrated and annoyed, and I want to quite, you know, literally run around with it. Kalashnikov and sort some people out but you know there comes a point where you just have to to figure these things out yeah life's a bastard you know it really is no I get, I get that and that's so I didn't and that's so tough to hear that Jill I mean I think that's I mean I you know I've not faced that sort of comment um I mean I've faced challenge and I've responded and I would respond well, and, than me. Uh, <laughs> that's certainly not true um that's certainly not true 
but the the point is I've responded to that and I would in the moment. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm professional about what I do. I wouldn't shout at somebody. Uh, what there's a difference there with what you're talking about in a sense in, in that dynamic than what I'm talking about in day-to-day -day work about making sure that we try our hardest to respect people as patients in the NHS. I, I get the the sector you work in is very different in the commercial sector as well. And I've never had to face losing contracts. I've never had to face anything like that. Um, you know, the closest came was when, when I transitioned, one of my colleagues asked me if they thought we'd lose members because I transitioned, which of course we didn't lose your members. It's the closest thing to that. And I said, well, I don't really think so. Mm. Um, but so I haven't had to face that. So don't get me wrong. I've had, you know, in many ways I've had a, an, e a, an easier ride working in the public sector and from the NHS yeah. who's been overwhelmingly supportive. Today I've received messages from, from two, you know, two people who sent me a message is unsolicited because they've seen what's in the news and said, are you all right? That yeah. means so much to me because exactly. I, 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 I want So I, I, I get that. And, and we're not, I don't, I don't think we're not on the same page. The only, I guess the only difference is I do think things like that, as daft as they sound, those little words are important because once you lose that, you then your relationship with society is different. Once, you know, if we'd said, well, it doesn't matter at all. And people just started deciding to use male pronouns, you know, when referring to me in meetings and things like that. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, that immediately outs me immediately, you know, so these little words are massively important. I wish we were in Finland because apparently in Finland, they don't have gendered pronouns. Um, I'm reliably informed and they get by with that without a problem. So yeah, it's an, in well, it's an interesting subject though. It is. And, and actually along with our Star Trek podcast, and maybe that's another podcast <laughs> for another is day. That actually, that is not actually going to go out, is it? Surely. Well, we haven't recorded it yet. Well, we started it. You just got yourself distracted <laughs> as usual. But yes. look, let's 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 wrap this up. I'm really, I'm as always very optimistic about the future. I just think we need to care for each other, look out, out for each other. It's wonderful yes. that you've had those messages. I think that is all all about just a tiny bit of normal human com compassion. In fact, it's interesting you're saying that because as you've uh, as you've um, as you've said that, I'm going to send a note to a bunch of trans people I know and just say we're all in this together. We all need to look out for each other. You know, because th yeah. these are the these are. What's happening today is the big issue. And I think this is this is the things that we have to look out for each other. So I'm looking out for you, Jen, and you're lo and looking out for me. And, Absolutely. Um, and uh, next time there'll be a spot of Klingon maybe going alongside. Yeah, you never know. We are, it's, you know, it's there. You know, um, Transness in Star Trek, it's the great podcast that people are waiting for. It's the podcast that literally our single fan that literally has been asking for. Is asking for. <laughs> And look, let's let's part on today. What I think we've demonstrated today is hopefully that, like you know, other podcasts which are out there, we can we can disagree agreeably. You know, this is the point. This is how people move forward. This is how people reflect and listen to people. the The process of debating is a process where you listen to the arguments and think and ponder and reflect on them. And that's what. We, and I'm hoping that's when you get to a situation when you hear these things. There's validity in every point of view. As long as, long as we decide that, as long as we decide that I'm right in the end, I don't mind any debate. Uh, you mean the Brian Clough School of Management? It's the Brian. It is as long as we decide that yeah, Jenny's right. Young, young man. What was that right, I, I, listen, I'm prepared to say I've been wrong at least on two occasions. One I think was late '80s, and I think yeah. I was wrong, uh, you know, in early 2000s. But you know, um, no, I. I debate is good now it's been good and it's great to talk it does help lift the burden slightly to be able to 
to to vent to to both you, Jill, and uh, anybody else that's choosing to listen. Still listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're still there, thank you. Well, and next week we'll be talking about something more positive because it's the Labour Party conference. And of course, what oh will be God. happening there will be fantastic. And all you unison people and all the unions will be there and the sidelines having parties. And I have been to Labour Party conference before. I'll tell you about it one day. Yeah, um, I'm sure. It, it wasn't as exciting as you think. Uh, yeah. But anyway. <laughs> um, well, you look after yourself, Chuck. And, and you do. Don't, don't get lit. I mean, stay away from the media. Don't let, don't let the bastards grind you down. I'll try my best. You take care, Jill. And you. See you next week. See you in a week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Transvox. It's been a joy to have you with us. Um, if you want to um, make contact with us, you can contact us at gillian at transvox.co.uk. And if you'd like to support the work we do, please go to Patreon and go to page Transvox. And all of our money goes to our nominated charity. And Jen, you've chosen the charity for the next number of episodes. Which one have you chosen? Our charity is called Beyond Reflections, which is a charity that provides support and counselling to trans people, non-binary people and their friends and their families across the UK. An amazing charity doing some amazing work, really important. So please, if you can give. Great. And if you want to go and have a look at Beyond Reflections, it's beyond-reflections.org.uk. And, uh, but as I say, if you'd like to make a contribution to what we're doing, because we love to help the people who help us. Uh, again, if you've got ideas for um, the show, things you'd like to ask us, questions, comments, applause, or um, brickbats, feel free to send it all Absolutely. in to Gillian at transvox.co.uk. Until the next time, goodbye. Bye-bye.